This episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast to support our show. The Battlefront Podcast is also brought to you by Star Wars Uplink, Tiny Sheep Entertainment's new podcast hosted by Sage Goodwin and Jared Bilby, covering everything Star Wars gaming, past, present, and future. Search Star Wars Uplink on your favorite podcast app and look for the tie-dye. For the release of Star Wars Battlefront 2, we're giving away a copy of the game on your platform of choice. PS4, Xbox One, or PC. This is the standard edition copy of the game. To enter, all you have to do is leave a review on iTunes, give us some feedback on the show, and a way for us to contact you if you win. We'll be announcing the winners prior to the release of the game in November. That's the point, Sergeant. Activate your personal shield and get your trait to level 3, because it's time for the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Welcome to episode 84 of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, joined by Star Wars Game Outpost writer, Jared Bilby. In this episode, I continue my chat with Jared on the weapons we've seen so far in Star Wars Battlefront 2 and how they can handle the multiple eras and multiple weapons in Star Wars Battlefront. Let's get started. Uh, now the next weapon is the F-11D Blaster Rifle, which is the First Order weapon. It is the, pretty much the new version of the E-11. Mm-hmm. And something, I was I was watching the uh, the weapons, the weapon special features of the Force Awakens, and it was saying how they use three D or the three D printers to actually print the weapons, and you can actually, uh, I can at least tell the differences between that because when you see them in the movies, it seems a lot lighter than if they were to make it not out of the actual filament and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, so that that kind of irked me uh, just watching that, <laughs> seeing them like throwing this weapon around that should be like soup like a pretty hefty weapon, and then they're just like holding it with one hand, like it mm-hmm. weighs nothing. Um, <laughs> so I I hope that they they put weights in it next time because that is definitely mm-hmm. something I noticed. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so this seems to be the version of the the new version of the E11. Um, do you think that they would actually have the E11 and the F11D? I think so. Um, I, I think that uh, well, they, they actually have they have shown E11. Okay. It was in the it was in the reveal trailer. Yeah. Okay. I think some uh, stormtroopers are holding it. Well, that that's good. I mean, obviously they're going to have both. Um, it it is possible to say like the F11 is restricted to first order troopers, and then the E11 is restricted to original trilogy or something yeah. i mean i don't know do you think do you think that they'd actually restrict the weapons because um like i, I mentioned many times through the podcast the, the the planets of star wars still exist unless a death star like weapon blew them up these weapons still exist throughout the history like the prequel weapons of uh, there are still people in the original trilogy using the prequel weapons and they're people the sequel trilogy using the um, as you can see with Han Solo he's still got the 
the DL44, he's still using original trilogy weapons, um, and there are probably still people using the prequel trilogy weapons in the sequel trilogy. I mean, obviously, it's a it's an interesting question because from a canon standpoint, I would be totally fine with the E11 being used by First Order Stormtroopers or uh, is it the, the DC-15 for the clones being used in, you know, the, the original trilogy era or the sequel trilogy era. But from a canon standpoint, it wouldn't make sense to me then to allow, say, like the F-11 to be used by clones because yeah that so it, it it's definitely an interesting uh question that the devs will have to answer um and i'm not entirely sure how they'll how they'll figure that out that is a very good point because again also i would assume that the primary weapons would already be restricted by class yes so you already have that restriction and the problem is is so let's say you have four weapons per class well you already have you know you have six factions or something or you have six weapons per class so you have one so that kind of ruins uh the choice aspect mm, yeah of it. um so it'll be interesting to see because if 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 you say you had if you restricted weapons by class and then by era and then even if you want to go even further you could restrict them by faction mm. um and so, I mean, if you're looking at that to still allow the player some choice, you'd be looking at, you know, 30 or 40 different weapons, which seems like a, a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'll be curious to see how restrictive weapons are if, you know, if stormtroopers are going to be able to use the F-11 or maybe the E-11 can only be used by the trooper class by the Imperials and the Rebels, um, but it can't be used in the uh in the other eras so it'll be it'll be interesting to see and then also of course when you do stuff like this not only is there the uh the thought process going into say you know the logic behind when the weapons are used but then also when you're coming down with restrictions based on era then you also have to deal with creating a whole it, it becomes then like a ui problem as well too because you got to have different screens for your you know you'd have a bunch of different customization options for the trooper class and you'd have six different customizations so i mean i don't know i don't know how they'll how they'll work that all out but it'll be interesting to see i think we found a, a big a big point that they may be focusing on <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure i'm sure that there's a lot of uh discussion going on about how they're going to solve all this because it's, it's definitely a it's definitely a very interesting question and there's obviously i don't think there's really any right answer i think that a lot of people may have different opinions on different things but i don't think there's one right answer but they're going to have to pick uh one way to do it our weapons going to be cross era compatible or are they going to lock them down or are they going to have mm -hmm. them backwards compatible but not forwards or depending on which era you're in backwards or forwards yeah. compatible but then it's like some weapons yeah i mean some weapons you know maybe they would be all so it's just it's <laughs> it's definitely a, it's definitely a confusing question and i think one that uh will be interesting to see how they handle it yeah i'm, I'm gonna mark this episode down and then if we have uh, christian johansson on the episode uh the podcast in the future i'm gonna be like 
okay why did you choose this choice <laughs> how how did, how did yeah. you actually come to this decision <laughs> yeah it'll be it'll be, be interesting to see that is a good topic to cover when we actually know more um mm -hmm. So let's go on to the next weapon, which is the DC-17 Hand Blaster, which, as you state in your post, worn by a Republic Navy officer in the image render of example classes, this weapon isn't 100% clearly made out. However, it would make perfect sense, as is worn by higher-ranking troopers in the Clone Wars TV show. And this was found by Sheriff Jub Jub on Reddit? That's what, it, yeah, I think that's where I got that from. Um, and actually, looking at it again, uh, you can kind of see the knob on the uh, the naval officer. The the pistol has that knob, which is the same knob that uh, Rex has on the weapon um, in the picture on the post. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty sure that it is the G17. Looking at it again. So Clone Wars and their weapons is going to be really cool to see. Um, and which ones they actually choose because uh before we actually got news is like which like this is a this is probably a really hard choice for them to make is like which characters and weapons get to be in battlefront 2 they may have a preference towards this weapon um that they they like throughout the history of star wars but also fans prefer this other version of the weapon or a different weapon completely so that's going to be hard and also the heroes like which heroes are going to are they going to choose how many heroes um so i i definitely think that's a difficult question for them to answer and then a decision to be made mm -hmm. and then the e-5 blaster rifle which is the weapon used by the b1 battle droids um and then padme also used one during the first act on geonosis attack of the clones this this could this is going to be this looks like a really interesting weapon i like the battle droids and their usage of it but going on a tangent what do you what do you think of padme i mean well obviously i think that she should be in the game but at the same time if you're say limiting to two choices per faction we already know yoda's in there yeah and so that leaves one other choice. And so, I mean, there's Obi-Wan, there's Anakin, um, there's all those other Jedis, if you want to. Um, and, I mean, obviously, I think that the the top three choices to go alongside Yoda are Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme for uh, the Republic. Um, so, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, if if we only get one other choice next to Yoda, I don't know if I'd want Padme. I'd rather have Obi-Wan or Anakin. Yeah. Um, but if we had three choices, I think that I would want Obi-Wan or Anakin and Padme. I don't think I would want Obi-Wan and Anakin and not Padme because it would be more fun to have, you would have two lightsabers, you'd have Yoda and then Obi-Wan or Anakin and then a blaster hero for the Republic. So... I'm really hoping that we do get three choices. Yeah. At least at least at the start. And then maybe, you know, we can add there's so many options they could add post launch. So it's it's definitely an interesting question. I mean, obviously I think Padme would be a, a really fun hero to have. So and she could, you know, be sort of a, a counterpart to say 
a Leia hero yeah. for the for the rebellion. They they could do like Padme, Leia, and then Rey, and have like that that line that that could be interesting. Do you think Finn will actually have a lightsaber if he is in the game or a blaster? One thing that could be interesting to me is I think that Finn could have a blaster as his primary weapon and then he could have a customizable ability and you could choose to have him use a lightsaber as an ability. Yeah, that that could be awesome. So because they have said they are going to have customizable heroes. So what they could so you could have Finn have a customized cust, uh, optional lightsaber ability. So maybe there's four abilities that you can choose from. And you get picked two, and one of which is a lightsaber ability. I don't know what the other ones could be, but um, so I think that could be an interesting idea because he does use it yeah. in the Force Awakens. So I don't know. I mean, personally, if if I had to cho- if I had to say yes or no, he uses a lightsaber, and there was no optional stuff, I would say no. Yeah, because I'd rather ha- keep Ray as the lightsaber hero there but uh i think it could be interesting as maybe an optional something you could slot in that'd be a good way to make it have the customization and also the choice of which style of finn do you want to play do you want to play more of like a close quarters combat character do you want to have a a a hero that you can like fall back and then shoot people from afar or do you want like a balance between those two Mm -hmm. and also like i don't i agree with you as uh with the the choice of Finn not having a lightsaber because like in the final battle of the force awakens, he goes up against Kylo Ren and then fails with the lightsaber while Ray, yep. uh, defeats Kylo. Um, so I would, I would definitely prefer Ray to have the lightsaber and then possibly as a, a side weapon have the, the, the staff. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think that similar to Finn, like, I think a staff ability could be an interesting optional ability for Ray. Yeah. So she could have optional force abilities or she could have optional, uh, you know, she could have that staff or she could have a blaster as an optional ability. So I think there's some cool, cool customizable options they could include there. I'm getting so pumped <laughs> just just talking <laughs> about this. Like, oh my gosh, man, this is this game's going to be huge. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I have a question for you. Are you going to play the campaign first or the multiplayer? Probably the campaign first. Yeah. I don't think that I'll launch right into the multiplayer because I'm also expecting the campaign to be five to ten hours-ish. So that's something that would be playable in two days for yeah. me. So I think I would. I think I'll play the campaign first. And it's also a definitive number of time. Like you have, you can play this only a certain amount of time. You can probably lollygag in certain areas, make it longer. But like multiplayer, it's endless. So you can get that. Start off, get like, because I think a lot of people will just go into the multiplayer, and then a lot of other mm-hmm. people will also go into the campaign to say like if they're newer or they don't really play games or they play games just for the story. They're going to the campaign first to experience what the multiplayer will probably be like and then go into the multiplayer if they like what they see and the experience that they have. I will say one thing that I'll, I'll probably personally do is uh, I'll probably get 
uh, EA Access for uh, for the month of November for this game. Yes. And so that is going to be like a 10-hour trial. And I believe what they did for... They've done for other games that have campaigns is you can play like one mission. So, I mean, I would probably play that one mission and then spend the rest of those 10 hours playing multiplayer. Yeah. Um, you're very lucky that you have an Xbox for that and a PC. Um, so when that time comes, uh, it would be really awesome to have you on the podcast because we will not have that experience. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'll definitely get it for the Xbox. I don't know if uh, I don't know if I'd get EA access for the PC. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, we get three days early uh, due to the deluxe edition pre-order. Um, mm-hmm. So and we have a PlayStation on an Xbox. Um, so we won't be able to have that ability unless we get the Scorpio if it comes out during that time. Um, mm-hmm. But it's going to be really interesting to see people like if they have a beta and they play that it's interesting to see how people will react to if they do the ea access early edition whatever or the beta and see their thoughts on that because um i don't remember exactly what the 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 response to the first game's beta i i remember it kind of be a lot of people were positive about it and a lot of people were like i hope this isn't the whole game yeah, I remember I remember a lot of people saying like it was fun, but they had played enough of yeah. the game at the beta. And so if it wasn't going to be more, uh, then they wouldn't really play the actual game. And unfortunately, I will say, like obviously the beta wasn't everything that was in the game, but I will say that the beta did, uh, it definitely showed a lot of the game. Like you got to, it, it didn't, when the game came out it didn't really advance beyond the beta like there was you know there were new maps and there were new items but it was still it wasn't as fresh as it could have been from the beta i mean i loved the beta i played you know a bunch of hours during then but it was kind of it was generally like from what i remember it was generally yeah this is fun but Hopefully it's not the full game. Yeah. I wonder if the beta will keep the trend of EA games in the biggest beta that they've had. Like <laughs> like Battlefront the the Battlefront 2015 was the biggest beta ever, and then Overwatch came out, that was the biggest beta, and then um Battlefield One came out and that was the biggest beta ever. Um mm-hmm. so I wonder if they're gonna continue that that trend of being the biggest beta every time they release one of their big shooter games. Because mm-hmm. shooter games are really well suited to betas. Like if it's just the multiplayer, for example, you can play that, like get a good representation of what the game will be, but also like, oh, there's more if they treat it right. Like if they have, maybe they don't have like the actual weapon names, but it's like blocks of weapon abilities and that kind of stuff. Or if they have like, for this beta, you can only play this class in this era um mm-hmm. and then when you're done it says oh if you want this uh game you can pre-order now or whatever and then you get access to all three eras these different classes these weapons these heroes well i mean i i don't i don't really want like the beta to be restrictive based on pre-orders yeah i hope they don't do that either i mean i think that 
Because I know like some some games have like oh you need to pre-order the game to get the beta. So like yeah, if they were like Destiny two, if they were res- yeah, or if they were restricting you know your experience in the database, I think that the beta should be completely the same for everybody and anybody can get into the beta i agree um because like a lot of people are taking the wait and see approach like they saw battlefront 2 battlefront 2015 and they're like kind of got disappointed with this game i'm gonna wait and see the reviews or what people think um and then i'm gonna get it like i like pre-ordering stuff just because of the bonus features but if i couldn't pre-order it i'd be pretty angry with that Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is definitely going to be something interesting to see I really hope they have a beta uh, that that will be really fun just to say like if you're not going to EA Play and playing Battlefront 2 you will be able to play it later in the year before it comes out mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think that it'll undoubtedly I mean they haven't said anything obviously so it's not confirmed or anything but I would I would be pretty sure that they will have a beta just because it's pretty standard for multiplayer shooters these days. Yes. Uh, Titanfall 2 had a beta. Battlefield 1 had a beta. They actually had uh, two weekends, I believe, for Titanfall 2. Yes, they did. Um, let's see. Battlefront had a beta. What else? I mean, I know, I know, like, uh, you know, going beyond EA, I mean, like, uh, For Honor had beta weekends. Yes. Uh, or Rainbow Siege 6 had beta weekends, Overwatch had beta. So, I mean, it's it's pretty standard for multiplayer games because they need to... It, it helps, like, uh, test their servers and whatnot and then also get a little bit of feedback regarding balancing yeah. a few of the items and whatever. So, Or maybe some small gameplay tweaks. Going into Overwatch a little bit, I wonder if they're going to have an Overwatch-like mode because they have... If they do four, two, three to six heroes per era, they will have a lot of heroes and villains, and it would be interesting to see if they had an Overwatch style game mode where you can just choose a hero and then use that, and then these different matchups cause the gameplay to be drastically different from if you played a different character. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be. Uh, I'll definitely um, be curious to see where they go with like the hero modes because. They have said in one of their blog posts that heroes, that in certain modes, heroes from will be able to compete against each other yes. across era gameplay. So there could definitely be some sort of six versus six, uh, you know, mode that allows you to choose any hero you want or any villain you want. And, you know, if they have over 12 heroes at launch then each match is going to be a bit different yeah so it'll be it'll be it'll be neat to see what they do with that and i mean i i personally don't really like heroes versus villains in the current game um partially because i don't like how infantry is implemented in that mode yeah and then i also don't like how it uses rounds yes i agree because the rounds the rounds feel like they uh, slow. slow the action down. So you play one round and then you stop, and you gotta wait thirty seconds before you can start playing. And so it kind of it, it kind of ruins the pacing of a mode for me. So something where you're playing as heroes and you're always back in the action as soon as you can, I think that that would 
that would be more enjoyable for me than something that's kind of slower paced. Like here's and then also with heroes versus villains, you know, you can end in draws and you can play like a forty minute long match or something. Yeah, because that sort of thing isn't fun for me. <laughs> I mean, I know some people enjoy that, but for me personally, it's not fun to sit and play the same team over and over and over and over again, and we end up drawing, you know, five rounds in a row or something. Going into the game modes a little bit, what do you think the ideal number of game modes for Battlefront 2 would be? Because, what was it, 11 to 13 we got, we had with launch? Uh, we had we had 9 at launch, okay. and then they added Turning Point in uh, like two weeks later, and then we got the four DLCs, so we're at 14 right now. Okay. Um, personally, I don't think we need 9 at launch. I think that six would be a nice number i think yeah. we could do something say two big modes so 40 player modes uh a space mode um or a space combat mode your ship mode like fighter squadron but maybe revamped a little bit um two smaller modes that are infantry only so something along the lines of a blast or something and then maybe uh drop zone or cargo type mode yeah and then a hero centric mode so there you have six modes and i think that would be uh i think for me personally that would be the ideal number because with with when you have too many modes it creates unnecessary split in the community yeah game modes and heroes tied to dlcs and that or yeah, game modes and that kind of stuff tied to different DLC also splits the community. But if you have launch with maybe like Walker Salt and Supremacy are pretty are pretty similar, and then you have these other game modes that are also the same size and have similar objectives, some people may like the differences in Supremacy and some people may like the differences in Walker Salt, so that splits the community in a way that is not good for everyone. Yeah, exactly. It's just it and it just what it feels like too is it feels like they included nine modes to make up for the lack of content. Yeah. Because I feel I mean, obviously I don't I'm not uh I wasn't there developing the game, but it feels to me that it would be easier to uh implement a game mode than it would be to implement a map. Yes. And so it felt like they were putting in game modes so they could say, look, we have nine game modes um, because they only had, you know, the four big maps and then the nine smaller maps, I want to say it was nine. So I, I feel that, you know, hopefully we get more maps and fewer modes. Yeah. And then also a lot of a lot. Some of the modes were very similar, like drop zone and droid run had very similar aspects um, you know, and then they had the two hero modes, um, and then supremacy and turning point were very similar concepts. So there were a lot of, a lot of crossover. So I think it would be, it would be wiser to have a smaller number of modes that are more refined and all are very unique and play differently from one another. Exactly. So, closing out the episode, we have three more blasters, which is the E-11, the A-280C, and then the DL-44. 
Um, those are, I'd say, the most iconic weapons for the original Battlefront. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see yeah, those. I mean, the, 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 the E11 and the A280C were the, were the uh, default weapons yeah. for year for the respective uh, Empire and Rebels. And obviously the DL-44 is hands weapon. Um, and then, uh, of course, there was the uh, whole issue at launch where uh, if you pre-ordered the Deluxe Edition, you got the blaster, and it was uh, extremely a overpowered. <laughs> so, so it, it does have that. So hopefully, hopefully, when uh, the DL44 launches this time, they'll have it balanced properly. But I mean, yeah, all, those three weapons are definitely uh, some of the more iconic uh, Star Wars weapons. Now, what what weapons that aren't shown so far would you like to see in Battlefront Two? Uh. Well, from the, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, well, uh, it would be like the DC-15, which is the clone's weapon. I believe that is, uh, yeah, the standard issue. The, the DC-15A blaster rifle, um, which is their big their big one. Um, and then there's also the DC-15S, which is kind of like the, uh, the E-11, their version of the E-11. Um, so for those weapons, for the clones, I think that, they're a must um from the original battlefront i would say the ca87 yeah and it's really fun to run around and uh shoot people down with that um beyond that i would say i really like the a180 um and just how unique it is and then i wouldn't mind seeing the T twenty one or T twenty one B. I don't think we need both of them. Yeah, but I think that either one of those. I mean, what you could do is you could have the T twenty one and then modifications, modifications, so you could put a scope on it, and then it would be the T twenty one B. Um, so I think that would be like an interesting weapon, maybe for the specialist class of the Imperials to have. So yeah, I mean. I mean, those are the big ones for me. I would say. Yeah, I w- I would want to see the um, the SE one four C. That is my favorite weapon out of the out of the game. And mm-hmm. then I like the um, the DT twelve is also a really cool weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the DT twelve is kind of neat. I I don't really use it much as infantry, but I mean, Greedo's my favorite character to play as in this battlefront. So I I really like how his works. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's an interesting weapon. Um, but again, like, if they were to, say, include the DT-12, they would have to make it... You, I think they would have to make it a little bit more unique yeah. than the DL-44 or something, and the, or other blaster pistols. And then out of the DLC, my favorite weapon is uh, Krennic's weapon. Uh, the name is escaping me. The DT-29? Yeah, the DT-29. That That is one of my favorites. Yeah, I... I well, one thing I, I liked about that weapon is that it didn't have the overheat mechanics. So yeah. they kind of introduced that. And they have said that they're going to uh, they're going to have some overheat and some uh, reloading. So I think that would be interesting to just maybe see that weapon return or have some other weapons that also do sort of reloading stuff. So I think that, that it could be fun. And I mean, I, I, I definitely enjoy that. It, it adds a different element to your gameplay. What do you what do you think the fan favorite weapon is from from the current battlefront? 
it, um, well, I mean, it depends on what you say by fan favorite versus say like which one people use the most. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the A280C may be the most popular, like usage wise. That's uh, pretty. So is the the EE four. Yeah, I have seen a lot um, of people using that weapon. A lot of people like that. I would say that. Yeah, a lot of people use that weapon. Um, then there's also the the TL50. Um, yes. But the people use those weapons more because they are uh, a little bit on the OP side. The TL50 is a little bit better since they changed the the overheat mechanic for it. But, um, I mean, personally, I'm not a huge fan of, like, the EE4. I would obviously rather see the return of the EE3 yes. as a weapon. Um, and I think I think that you would have to include the E3 because it's such an iconic iconic weapon. And, and if they have Boba Fett, I would definitely see them adding the E3. Oh, certainly. I mean, it's his weapon, so. Yeah. <laughs> the weapons are an interesting aspect of Battlefront because they are so vital to the gameplay. Like, it is a it's, Star Wars Battlefront is an infantry game, and then infantry wouldn't be that interesting if it was just like a bunch of sticks and you were hitting each other with them <laughs> yeah so that is that is definitely cool um but that is the end of this episode of the star wars battlefront podcast you can find us on twitter at swb podcast we are on patreon patreon.com slash battlefront podcast you w- you can uh, find us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash battlefront dash podcast as well as on itunes and stitcher and also, we have a giveaway for Battlefront 2 on iTunes. You just leave a review. Uh, soon we will have a video on how to actually do that on phones as well as on the computer. And um, following up the game's release, we will give away the copy of Battlefront 2 Standard Edition. Or if you'd like to pay the extra $20, the Deluxe Edition. But that's all for this, w- this episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. As always... May the force be with you.